There's no way that's the way we're starting this. There's no way we're starting with that. So it's possible I went overboard with today's intro, so much so that Mantimio wanted me to actually cut out the joke that I made. It was distasteful, controversial, all the things one might expect from my intro segments on this show. We decided to cut out the joke, but you know who did get to see that joke? Patreon members, people who watch the show live or who can go back and watch our live recordings later. If you'd like to support this show on Patreon, there's a link in the video description. All right, back to the intro. Welcome to the Level With Me podcast. I am Level Cap. This is Matimio. We are two extremely famous content creators, and we are on episode nine of the Level With Me podcast. I can't believe it's been nine weeks. It's pretty crazy, man. It feels like it feels like old hat at this point. I'm like, ah, this old yeah, thing, yeah, this yeah, old yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you'd Been like there. to support our podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on all the different podcast platforms, hit that notification button on YouTube too, so you can beat that darn YouTube algorithm that tries to make you watch sniper wolf videos. Ugh. And you can uh, support us on Patreon as well. Are you not up on the, the Sniper Wolf thing, Matt? Nope. Nope. Okay, it's been some fun drama lately. She's oh, been... dra oh, drama! My favorite. I probably <laughs> shouldn't be saying anything because she doxes people that uh, go after her. Um, okay, well then, yeah, we should, probably should not. That's uh, gross. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's Grody. Not good. Uh, this week has been pretty crazy for games, though, man. Uh, the ac The acquisition went through, dude. I know UK approved and I don't it. know how I feel about it. So yeah. So anyone not aware of what we're talking about, it's one of the biggest gaming acquisitions of all time. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's I don't been know if, ones I don't think that I think co maybe cost more, or maybe this is the most. I can't remember. This is pretty pricey. What was the price tag? I think it was like sixty nine billion or something like that. You know, bro, Star Wars was like two billion. Like what? I know. I think it was four, but it was still a lot. Okay, yeah. still, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's pretty crazy. So Microsoft now owns Activision Blizzard and the titles, the big titles that come with it are COD, like just that little game, you know, Call of Duty. Uh, might have heard of it. World of Warcraft also might have heard about that little title as well. Overwatch, kind of an up and coming esports title. And um, Diablo, I think they're trying to make a name for themselves in the action RPG realm. Yeah. So those are just a, a few of them, but there's also like this massive list of games that they were going over that they could revive. Um, it's it's huge. It's like a, a list of 36 different IPs. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. I don't know what Gabriel Knight is. Do you remember Geometry Wars? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, that one was fun. I'd like to see mm -hmm. that come back. Uh, Guitar Hero. I thought I thought Microsoft owned Guitar Hero for some reason, but I guess so they did don't. I. Weirdly yeah. enough. Uh, gun. I don't know what gun is. Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, actually I do. Yeah. They didn't mention Hearthstone, but Hearthstone's still a, still a decent... Still a thing. It's a big game. Is Heroes of the Storm still... I thought It's they, still like, active, yeah. It is active. Okay, so they have yeah. Heroes of the Storm. Heavy Gear. I don't know what that is. Hexen, which is old, right? That's kind of an older uh, thing. Heretic, same thing. Kind of an old FPS, I think. Interstate 76, don't know. King's Quest, do you remember that one? I nope. think it's like an old uh, animated um, kind of click adventure type. 
Or maybe it's an arcade game. I have to look it up. But I do remember King's Quest is very old school. Lost Vikings, um, Pitfall. Remember that one? Nope. It's like the oldest side scroller of all time. Oh wow. Yeah, there's a whole I mean No okay. wonder I know. I, I'm old, but I'm not like, you know. Hey, Soldier of Fortune. I'm not ancient. You remember Soldier of Fortune? Nope. Okay. You could blow people's feet off with grenades in that game. <laughs> it was like they just took <laughs> like, the one level. thing you remember. You could blow they their did, feet off. They, it was like one of the first FPS games to try procedural level generation, which was kind of interesting, uh, but it got boring very quickly, as you could imagine. I mean, they still yeah. haven't mastered procedural generation, in my opinion, for many games, so not surprised. I, I agree. I agree. Um, StarCraft, remember that game? It was a little... <gasps> oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking when I was reading through this list uh, is that... Give me StarCraft 3. Just give it to me. Sure, StarCraft 3, but also Microsoft's got the chops down in the FPS world. Blizzard was trying to make that StarCraft FPS forever ago, and they, like, canned it. The Do you ghost remember one? that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. they, could, they could totally revive that, you know? They got, like, the people who make Halo now. They could just have... Because Halo make... has been doing so well. I mean, actually, there, there, there's a big update. Uh, I think today or tomorrow, um, whenever this, yeah. And it's people are excited, surprisingly, for Halo. Some I people. I have not seen the player numbers particularly surge with Halo, which is disappointing. No, but... they, they haven't. Because I, I have heard you, and I've heard Drewski, and I've heard a couple of other people talk really highly about the Halo experience lately. Um, and it does look like fun. I honestly had fun with Halo, but I thought it was, I thought Infinite was a very competent multiplayer game, but I wasn't like super in, into super the meta. Into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, if they can revive it, that would be quite cool. I do want to talk about a, a big revive that, uh, happened over the weekend, but, um, what kind of, what do you, what's your take on the Activision Blizzard thing? Like, are you happy that Microsoft got it? Do you think it'll bring more good than bad? Do you think it's too monopolistic? So the thing is, I haven't really been happy with the way that Activision Blizzard has been handling themselves for years now. Yeah, I they've don't think you're made, alone. Yeah, they've, they've, they've made good games. Like Diablo 4 was fun when it launched and I was, I was happy with it. Yeah, the end game just wasn't there and they're taking steps to get to that point but yeah for the most part i just it's just been it feels a little bit mismanaged and so shifting gears and being under a different umbrella could bring those games to another level and that could elevate them and make them you know better better products uh but it could also just make microsoft a bigger monopoly which of course is not going to benefit consumers so it really remains to be seen personally i would have i don't know i feel like i feel like having more companies being independent is better in the long term, but I can't predict the future. Mm -hmm. It's it's an impossible question to answer in terms of like anybody actually knowing whether this is good or bad for consumers. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think for consumers, but also for Blizzard employees is an important angle as well, because <clears throat> Blizzard has not been going through some great stuff lately. And their CEO, Bobby Kotick, is... He's not a good guy. I think most people would agree. He's just, he's kind of at the center of a bunch of controversies and he gives himself like $200 million bonuses and then fires tons of people. And yeah, Blizzard has not been in a good state. It's gone from being this legendary game development studio to kind of producing. I mean, they they still have some good stuff, but it's. They used to be at the top. 
Yeah, they're not at the These... top anymore, and they they flub quite a bit. There's a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be interesting to see what Blizzard does under new management, under the Microsoft management. And I am excited about some of the hybrid games or some of the teams mixing together like we like i mentioned with starcraft and like say 343 you know taking on a starcraft fps like right i would play that like i'd be interested if somebody announced that news in like a year i'd be like yeah mm -hmm. i'm definitely playing that at launch like uh, i'm for sure super like i like the starcraft universe and it's only been explored in the rts realm really so give it to me in fps like i'm, I'm pumped for that i'm pumped for the um kind of weird i think they could get goofy with it you know like making uh master chief a character and more ips around the microsoft verse you know well like, they've already been doing that with other games too like mm -hmm. he's rainbow six siege fortnite so yeah they could easily <laughs> pump master chief into call of duty you know it could be like master oh, yeah. chief versus whatever yeah. one of the COD they'll probably do guy. that yeah yep. soap or something you know and then they like fight each other I, like there's I mean, a master lot chief is like a do. super soldier god and then you have soap who's all you know he's, he's but he's not master chief yeah but let's be honest the way they play in cod right now it's practically like cod or did you play the beta at all i didn't to be honest um i got a key for this weekend and i was just doing family stuff you know i might have checked it out if i like family family man over wasn't here wasn't doing anything but i just there was nothing about anything they showed off and I watched some videos on it and I watched people playing and watched people going, Oh, this is great. And I just saw it and I was like, it just looks like modern warfare Two, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to see the difference between the content creator, um, viewpoint and your app. Like, I don't know about the average player, but I asked my community and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's mm -hmm. okay. And then a lot of the content creators are like, Call of Duty's back, baby. And I'm like, I love the enthusiasm from the Call of Duty, like hardcore community, because they're always hyped for the next Call of Duty. And this one, their movement system, we talked about this last time. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the contrast between the two different sides of people that maybe play a little bit more casually to the hardcore community seems to be a little stark. There's yeah. some contrast there. Yeah. And without question, I mean, content creators want something to be big and be successful and be exciting for everyone yeah but it's also sort of that meme of like playing video games on stream versus playing video games by yourself and it's just like some dude's like losing it at every single moment screaming at the screen and the other one is him just kind of like eyes glazed over laid back in his lazy boy chair not moving at all <laughs> and you're like oh yeah that's how n most people play video games they're not yeah. screaming at the screen all the time or being like oh my god that was so crazy they, they don't do the matimio special you know as I oh call my it. god i can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's me yeah i'm just yelling all the time uh, <laughs> it's yeah. funny though because uh, it's like once a year like you it's like um it's like mariah carey mm -hmm. december rolls around the song comes out she comes out <laughs> but also skill-based matchmaking discussion comes out as well people are already in the beta oh and the uh um, yeah skill-based matchmaking and the aim assist right that's the other yes. one it's like how yeah. strong is the aim assist is it too strong uh now that we have cross-platform play it's like aim assist is better than pc oh my god this is terrible like and I just, yeah. I don't <clears throat> mind kind of staying out of it. You know, I'm just like, I don't want to, it just, 
I think I'm getting it's, older, Matt. I've played too many COD games. How many COD games are there? There's so many. Like many. Yeah. Like maybe I'll come back into the franchise and like. There's so many four. that we're redoing the old games. I mean, yeah. literally. You know. So yeah. for like how many? I mean, they've already remastered them, and now they're like redoing them, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. They're just squeezing it dry. Every last little drop coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like this acquisition thing though i'm yeah i don't totally know what to think about it because in general like monopolies are bad monopoly equals bad we have anti-monopoly laws in this country for a reason to stop this kind of stuff from happening i think um long term it might provide a lot of cool opportunities short term probably not a lot is going to change though Um, probably not and i think microsoft if anything, maybe they'll be able to position some title releases more strategically so they're not like trying to launch a big uh, a big AAA title competing with another one of their big AAA titles. They might be able to benefit a little bit where they're like, let's not put Halo up against the next COD or something like that, you know? So they could probably optimize that a little bit better. But, but that's not really going to make for a better... And that's the thing that I am worried about is that Microsoft hasn't really been known for making incredible games lately. Mm-hmm. So while they're under new management, that could mean those, you know, those Blizzard games are better. But Microsoft hasn't really been proving themselves in that department. They're, the big thing that's exciting about Microsoft is Game Pass. But that's mm-hmm. that's not them making the games necessarily. Yeah. Um, as, so. a, uh, as an avid PlayStation fanboy, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? avid playstation <laughs> fan well, that's that's Whoa! like i feel like that's the biggest like from the start that was the biggest anti-acquisition group you know we're like people who own playstation right. who are like well it's because it is yeah. like that's the mm-hmm. biggest competition is playstation i mean there's nintendo but nintendo just kind of does their own thing you know they're they're just mm-hmm. the guy on the side who's just they're grinding away but they're doing the something very been different around for so long dude <laughs> yeah yeah it has and i i I'm not like on, you know, I'm trying to like benefit Sony or anything, but I'm a little worried. Mm -hmm. But as I said before, only time will tell. We can't really predict the future. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I hope that it turns out well. I didn't see what happened with the actual paperwork of the deal because didn't at one point when Sony was the main proponent and like actually like showing up in court and like trying to stop them from from this merger going through. Uh, Microsoft, I think, offered something like a 10-year exclusive, or not exclusive, but 10-year guarantee that it would, all the main COD titles would ship to PlayStation. Yeah, I, I heard that too. I don't know if that got left out, or because they kind of screwed up on the US side, right? They let something lapse, or people weren't in the right place at the right time, and it basically got approved due to, oh, wow. yeah, a little screw up, and then once the UK approved it, it was done. And so... Uh, I wonder, I'd like to read up on that if um, if they still have to make COD on the PlayStation for the next 10 years or if that's not something they have to do at all. Personally, I think the money on selling it on PlayStation is too great, you know, where they're yeah, like... Yeah, the huge marketplace. Yeah, I mean, that's probably billions in revenue. So they're not just going to oh, be yeah. like, no, no more PlayStation. I think people would literally just stop playing Call of Duty, you know, they just... I don't think lose. they would stop entirely, but it would be yeah yeah it, they, it they would, would like take a hit, cut the so they, player base down massively. They have to they have to weigh the pros and cons. Do we want to try to hedge uh, Sony out entirely and just become a monopoly and just try to really shove them to the side, or do we want them actually sell copies? 
Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's pretty wild. I don't know if it's going to be cool. Uh, but I do find it kind of funny, though, going back to the Sony, is that when they were trying to make the point how this is this, they shouldn't do this, is it's like, oh, well, like exclusives are could be bad you know like it's like you sony you'd have so many exclusives yeah i didn't add it up but i think sony somebody pointed out that sony had significantly more and but they're all they all they fund them and like they deserve yeah. it like that's the whole point of the like the consoles is that they they want to bring talent to their platform and then they they put in the effort and i think mm -hmm. sony deserves the to, re to reap the rewards because they especially last generation they mm -hmm. killed it like it was banger after banger so, but it, it was just the funny for them to argue the, the sure. fact that the console, I feel like the console wars are going to die one day and it might not be that long from now. You know, they'll just be some sort of like universal system or platform or Microsoft will finally turn the Xbox into sort of like a gaming PC type hybrid. And it almost then, feels like it's there already for, yeah. at least for PC gaming, because it's like, Oh, a, ga a new game comes out. Oh, I can just play it on Xbox or mm -hmm. which is if it's on Xbox, I can play it on PC. Oh, mm -hmm. it's a PlayStation. I, well, I guess I'll just play it on PlayStation. Like it's I just don't I never it, it doesn't register anymore to me. There's not yeah. like this big feud. Right, right. Like it was, especially in the past. And having the different platforms is just extra work for developers to make parody and then also cross platform. They're trying to balance and do all this stuff. And it's like. Yeah, I, it's hard because you want competition, but also exclusivity hasn't been great for consumers. So it's just sort of this weird thing where you're like, well, I need to buy this console for that game and this console for this game. Like I bought a Switch exclusively for Zelda. You know, it's my yep. Zelda box. A lot of people did. Yeah. And it's just sort of one of these things where you're like, well, it could have looked a lot better. I, I played it hooked up to the TV the whole time. I never <laughs> played it remotely, you know, so I'm like, well, I that would have been better on Xbox or something. Right. But yep. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Only only time will tell if this acquisition is good or bad in the long run. Um, but it's big news. I mean, I don't think anyone's sad to see Kotick. I think he's going to stick around for two months and then he's going to disappear into his fleet of yachts somewhere. <laughs> yeah. some, I don't yeah. know. He's going to buy some mega co corporation. Yeah. Fly yeah. away on his private helicopter onto his yacht and then just never leave the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the cards are still are shifting much more towards indie development and it has been that way. I think that's inevitable. It's just kind of going that way. So Microsoft acquiring a ton of big AAA IPs, like good for them. But I think ultimately the indie scene is going to keep taking little bites out of the AAA scene until it's just not quite what it used to be or the AAA scene is going to have to completely like morph into something else entirely. But do you think it's because we're like heading towards a bubble in terms of AAA with the amount of cost and stuff? Or do you well, just think that think, indie games are bringing something fresh that's yeah, kind of carving away? Indie, indie pretty much owns the innovation in the game industry because they're the ones willing to take the risk. And like that's how you get noticed if you've never made a game that anybody's taken notice before. You got to do something crazy. You got to try a new idea. And so, well, if you're spending 200 million, 300 million on a game, you don't want anything that's risky. So I get it. Yeah, exactly. Starfield is that game, right? $200 yep. million, dollars, no surprises the whole way yep. through. Um, and so that's that's what it is. But they made Which is now money. apparently the worst rated game on Steam for, for um, Bethesda. It's now lower than Fallout 76 What's in terms weight? of user reviews. When did that happen? 
Uh, recently. <laughs> I don't understand the world anymore, man. Like all the all the dumb gaming outlets were like ten out of ten, nine out of ten, and like, I mean, we've talked about it before. I said it's a <laughs> solid seven out of ten. Like I I can't see it beyond. Seven, I think the though. honeymoon phase ended, yeah. and that that's hurting it. I mm. think I think the release of the DLC for Cyberpunk and Baldur's Gate and then it being in between like it was fun. I like we've talked about it. I don't want to, you know, tread over, but after that initial honeymoon phase ends, you're like, "Oh, this is a fine this is a fine game." And I think people just kind of got over it. Yeah. Game reviews are really tough to follow as they well. Are. I find it difficult with movie reviews too. There's like there's this huge discrepancy between critic reviews and and user reviews. And I often find myself siding w much more with user review, like aggregation. Because well, sometimes, uh, yeah, like for Steam, I, for example, always, it can be it can be really hard to yeah. Like on Steam, for example, I mean this is true for all the other things as well. But if a game doesn't release in an optimized state, the game gets dunked on. Like yes, it'll be like yeah. like mostly negative. I'm like, wow, uh, it makes it look horrible. Makes a, like a game that maybe had good optimization that would be like an eight out of ten is it looks like it's a three right and it's yeah. like it's not a three but it makes sense and they should be criti they should be criticized for it but it makes them look horrible yeah and then there's the review bombing thing that happens too that also and... happens which sucks yeah it's all over the map I, I was gonna say movie reviews I tend to side with user reviews more and game reviews I usually tend to side with critics more but uh depends on the situation again yeah it's kind of all over the map it's so hard to try and get a good grasp on on what you're gonna like but i think that's just the varying tastes and what's important to people right like i can deal with a less stable game if it's a fantastic concept you know like that's right. not as big a deal for me but for other people it's a complete deal breaker right but yeah I for me I did, it's background. more of just a it's like testing the waters it's like oh a new game came out like for example spider-man reviews have been coming out and they've been looking phenomenal mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the game is going to be a masterpiece but it gives you a guy kind of an idea okay this is probably going to be an enjoyable experience no matter what um it may not be exactly to your liking but it's probably a pretty good game yeah yeah uh did you see the other crazy thing that happened over the weekend regarding battlefield uh battlefield yes <laughs> How? I How? know. Well, How? Uh, it went free to play. So that's a that big... doesn't explain it, though. How? I know, because it went free to play. So what we're talking about before we discuss it is yeah. um, Battlefield broke its highest concurrent player count. Battlefield 2042, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so it's it came out about two years ago, depending on when you count the official release date versus early access versus whatever. But mm -hmm. approximately two years ago, it launched and... Uh, it, it didn't hit particularly high player numbers and those dropped off real quick because real there's just so many problems with the game. People were like, I hate this. Don't want to touch it. And it like sat at like two, 3000 concurrent, 4,000 concurrents on steam for like a long time. And I was playing it when it got down to 900. Oh man, yeah. dude, it was so depressing as a battlefield fan. I was like, I've never seen the community like drop off this fast before. Yep. Like, Oh, anyway. So, uh, over the last two years, they've been 
uh, adding quality of life features and a little bit of content. Let's be honest, it hasn't been amazing amounts of content. Six maps in total in, in two years. You know, you're like, okay. They and reworked that, the old maps, but even the reworked maps yeah. are only kind of mid. So yeah, they're not phenomenal. Uh, there's a couple that I think have like stepped up into like a higher echelon, but like most of them are just kind of average. Yeah. Uh, but the game is far more playable now. It released, I think, one of the best CQB maps the franchise has ever seen. I agree. Redacted. It's fantastic. It's like yep. Operation Metro and Lockers, but if it had good story and they actually thought about how to fix those maps, yep, which is exactly what the devs did. They're like, well, how yep. can we recreate that fun infantry grindy thing, but not make people run through the exact same flank every single time with no good options they like every single flank has some cool ideas behind it you can alternate between them you're not hitting the same exact repetitive gameplay but you are getting consistent infantry action and i think it shows that the actual general gameplay and gunplay in 2042 is actually quite satisfying if you're given it without the vehicles give getting in the way, right? If you're like, oh, yeah. I can just fight other infantry players and just worry about infantry combat and I'm not getting blown up by the sky from some giant VTOL that I can't kill ever, even if I hit it with like three direct fire rocket shots, you know? Uh, so players are getting to like play some of the best content the game has ever seen and it's gone free to play. I think back when it did free to play in March, it hit somewhere around 30 concurrent, 30,000 well, concurrent on Steam. Steam yeah, charts March, are really March bad. March was 24,000 was there. Or, okay. or December, so December, last year, December, they got up to 36, which was their highest since launch. And then mm -hmm. like 103,000. That's insane. Yeah. So the big I, question is, is, is what happens when free-to-play ends? How well, I think it has ended people, now. Yeah. It's and at the game's 14, on sale 000. for, oh no, oh is it, did it just drop down? I checked this yeah, morning and it, it hadn't fin finished the free-to-play thing yet. Mm. Well it's at 14,000 right now, which is still okay, but we're not, not even peak close. Hours, though. We're not True. in peak right we're now. Not. So we'll see what happens with peak, but uh, it is on sale for $10 now too. So it's a good plan from DICE, from EA. Uh, make the game free-to-play, put it on sale, so if those people want to keep playing it, they can get it super cheap. Uh, and launch the best content, but they also haven't announced any more content and they nope. usually have announced the next season before or or at the same time the current season launches so they'll be like and Just so you know season whatever season eights coming up, you know uh, And that at least gives you an idea that there's more coming so if they if they plan to actually drop all support for the game or drop all future content at this point. It's really going to suck if they hit their big player resurgence. And it's like, that's like battlefield five all over again, dude. It's like mm -hmm. BF five, like finally started clicking and they launched the Pacific DLC, which is what people had just been wanting, like some good big battle maps and like all this cool stuff. And then they're like, all right, goodbye. And we're done. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I even even with this crazy weekend, I, first of all, how did they get the word out? Like, I didn't see anything about a free weekend. Like the fact that it hit that many people and they all tried it mm -hmm. is a testament to what who, whoever's working at marketing over there. Well done to them. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, can they actually keep this? Like, obviously, it's not they're not going to keep 100,000. But can yeah. will this get the ball rolling? I don't know, because 
It's going to be dependent on content, I think, ultimately. As good as that new map is and as much fun as it is to play on it, it is just one new map, and it's the only infantry-only map on the standard playlist rotation. So, yeah, I mean, if you look back, look back at, like, BF1. Think about how many maps in that had infantry-only gameplay that were part of the standard rotation. There was a lot of infantry-only maps. Like, Well, maybe not completely infantry, but I think there, well, there was more infantry-focused. Cavalry and infantry. I mean, there was a there was a quite a few maps that were like trench warfare maps. Uh, that yeah, I get there. There was there there were a bunch though. There were quite a few. I would say like at least five maybe that were like fully infantry, and then like some that had like a smattering of tanks here or there. But um, you just had way more options, you know. Uh, and this game was like infantry only. Well, that'll be handled in TDM and Portal. Well, that didn't go to plan, right. so now they don't have no. anything. So the first one is like really showcasing what 2042 can do two years after it launches, which is insane. But uh, it's when do you think we're going to get the, the new one? Uh, next year, end of next. That's kind year. of my guess too. Yeah, I mean, we know they're working on it. We know at least three studios are working on it. I think potentially four-ish. They like acquired a fourth or something like that recently in the news so and it's like gonna assist another studio i think so, which I mean, doesn't really bring me a lot of confidence because that was the same thing that happened with 2042 is they had like we have everyone all hands on deck it's like well that could either be a good thing meaning that it's going to be flush with content or it could mean you are way behind schedule which yeah we know the, the, the result honestly of that. the only thing that gives me confidence about the next title is vince's name being attached to it vince ampella yeah. creator of yeah. call of duty medal of honor titanfall apex legend you're like okay yeah. the guy's, guy's got been a pretty good it. track record he's attaching his name to battlefield he doesn't want the next battlefield game to suck so if he's in charge of it that gives me a lot of confidence also they fired um basically most of the management head of management at dice uh, oh after, really yeah a lot of them got fired and new the new um studio manager came in and completely changed up the 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 way things are done around there so maybe that'll help keep I my mean, fingers crossed yeah yeah so i mean it sounds good on paper right but so did 2042 2042 sounded amazing on paper God, remember that trailer with the rendezvous and everything and oh uh, my hype level is at a good seven out of ten there because i saw the tornado and i was like here we go like, here we go again yeah. i just saw too many people losing their minds about it and i was like have you learned nothing? Have you learned yeah. nothing from previous Battlefield titles and dice? They always do their gimmicky thing, which is like, here's the game, but then the crazy thing happens. And that's what the marketing clips are. And this one was Tornado. I'm like, how is Tornado going to be fun? You know, unless it's literally destroying the whole map as it like goes through it. And even I heard then, rumors yeah. there was going to be more. So there'd be like flooding and hurricanes and other things, but they uh, yeah. you know just like everything else in the game there was it wasn't ready but that was just a rumor to so take it with a yeah. you know pinch of salt so. the thing that still cracks me up about the game is that when you load in it still has that like satellite weapon intro screen and that was a big oh. part of the narrative do you remember how oh, yeah, 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 yeah. these satellites crashing with special info but they were, the whole narrative was built around some weapon satellite that they were trying to keep covered. The NOPAT war made no sense, by the way. Like, no. I couldn't understand it at all. I'm like, they're trying to recover data so that people don't get blamed, but you're already at war. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
it was nonsense. <laughs> but then you think it's all leading up to some sort of cool satellite weapon where some DLC down the road is going to add a new squad call in where you can call in an, an ion cannon beam that like rakes the battlefield and like vaporizes guys or something, right? Like it imagine if it made like a giant trench or something, you know, like it, that'd be sick. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what you think it's wrapping up towards or, or working towards. And then literally nothing was done with that narrative. All the DLCs kind of worked on weird offshoot ideas and I didn't dislike all the offshoot ideas. They just had nothing to do with the the main narrative. And you're like, I don't understand the no pat war. Nobody really understands it. We I, don't. Don't, I think most people don't even care. Like they're not playing Battlefield for a cool narrative story driven experience. So I, disag I disagree to an extent in that I would say I don't really care. But also I think I do care like subconsciously. Because do you the remember the story? Was there a story in Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4 that you remembered? In the multiplayer? No. But I think yeah. there are worse because of that. Because they, okay. didn't, they didn't hit it home. Like, okay, what I liked about some of the DLC with 2042 is, um, what was the one with the big cube buildings? I forget the name of the map. Um, the cube Spearhead. Spearhead, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. That one kind of had this, like, idea behind it where it's, like, this cool autonomous weapon factory in Scandinavia somewhere or whatever, and you're, like, attacking these kind of futuristic manufacturing facilities i'm like i like that and then we get the like railgun tank and some cool sci-fi and railguns and stuff built around it i'm like so you're saying you want of, you like you like when the thematics fit the story and the theme of the game and yeah, i, I and agree they're, they're yeah. sort of building out like okay here's a secret production facility and we're hitting it and then this latest one redacted okay some guys are experimenting with sort of super soldier uh biological mechanical cyborg i like super soldier stuff you know i'm like cool i like the idea behind that too works for the future anybody looking for an edge in combat is going to be playing around with any sort of cybernetic enhancements cool i buy it it works and i think it adds to the game like you you run around the environment you see the narrative you're kind of like okay there's like a thing going on here and I, I do think if they had done that from the start, like 2042 would be so much more enjoyable and so much cooler. Because um, I think we're in an era where, yeah, you could just be like, it's US versus Russia. Just go go have fun. But right. if you can tag some story onto that now and you got a big AAA studio with good... It can make people more yeah. invested too. Yeah. Like I could, I could get into the story if it was a good story, you know? saying you're wrong i just don't think it's that big of a deal for most people i think it i think it helps i think world think building is, is important because cod? cod does a lot of that stuff you know oh not at all no <laughs> the, their stuff is stupid though because it's always just like some guy backstabbing somebody else and they're like he's got the nuke and you're like i don't even care anymore yeah he's got i can't i can't follow, i can't follow it at all yeah yeah somebody's backstabbed somebody and then they're all gonna like get into a room and yell at each other like jason stay them for a while and then they're gonna go on some mission that saves the weapon or something yeah, yeah. i enjoy the, the i enjoy the can I, the single players i thought you meant more of the multiplayer but i enjoy the single players but if i told have if i had to like recite to you big story beats from the previous call of duties i would kind of struggle i'd have yeah. to think about it for a bit yeah it's all some sort of it's always like a weapon, right? They're they're planning some big attack, you know. Oh some, yeah, yeah. It's always it's always group. they're trying to stop something. Yep. 
yeah. and you're uh, yeah they don't have any other I, unless it's one of the future ones like well, that's what's, it's hard warfare. to do anything different do you remember advanced warfare i like that no. story it was like kevin no. spacey was the president oh or, yeah or he wasn't the president he was like the owner of some super he was the bad guy yeah he owns some like megatech corporation and like I think at the end he's on like some giant walking fortress or something. I can't even remember, but it was I, like I never I never played it so. It was so over the top and so insane and I liked it because instead of it just being like, uh, we got to stop the nuke from going off or whatever. It was like, yeah. Kevin Spacey's crazy and he owns, <laughs> he's crazy. Like, we got to yeah. stop this man. Yeah. I didn't play the one in space, but I kind of regret not playing that one. I, I I tried it. I didn't really I didn't really vibe with it. I think I was just not in the right mood for it because and also Call of Duty tried to do the whole wall running thing. And mm -hmm. when you tried wall running, you just died because everything just lasered you. You know, it's like, so what's <laughs> the point of the wall running? Right. So, yeah. You're like, look there at this was a big... idiot on the side of a building. Yeah. And shoot him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it just felt like I was constantly having to duck behind cover, wait for my health to regenerate, poke my head out. It was it was very tedious. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought this um, switching gears a little bit, kind of out of the gaming scene, but still like, it reminded me of Cyberpunk a little bit. Okay. Is, um, I tweeted it out. It's it was at the Adobe convention, I think, or something like that. It's called Project Primrose, and it's a dress that this oh yeah that this woman I saw that put too. on for the convention, and it's like I don't know what's on the outside of it, but it's like little mini LCD screens or something, and it can change color and animate. So they're wearing like animated clothing. And yeah. it just looks cool. It looks like the future. I'm like, yes. It, it reminds me of the Hunger Games. Remember mm. the Hunger Games? Yeah, where they did all this, that crazy fashion stuff. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Like yeah. just taking it over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for like clothing that like projects holograms and stuff, you know, and whatever. Like, So if you could, if you could wear something like that, what would, you, what would you want it to be projecting? Yeah, that's a good... Your face, obviously. Just my face, just... How cool would that be is if if we had a podcast and then our we were wearing <laughs> just shirts. on your chest. Yeah, we had animated <laughs> shirts with each other's faces on it. There you go. Yeah. Or we we captured the video, put it on each other's Yeah, we could do some weird stuff, dude. So Well, because the technology is clearly in its infancy. Yeah. So the the it looks like she's wearing kind of just giant fish scales. But I'm yeah. sure once it gets out of prototype and they get, you know, technology is always going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so if they get these screens to be really tiny, like it just could look just completely natural. And then you could project like you got like a rippling six pack, you know, you could just. And... <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I think it would be dope to have where. Because we always think of clothing like here's my yellow shirt, here's my red shirt, here's the shirt with that pattern on it. You know, like uh -huh. this one is just like put on the shirt and it's well. Whatever. How would, so the question is how do you clean it? Yeah, I did. That was part of my tweet too. Is uh, mm. I guess, I'm guessing you can't throw this in the washing machine, uh, right? <laughs> unless you want to ruin a ten thousand dollar dress or something. Whatever. Right. I'm sure it costs more than that as a prototype, but. Uh, yeah, that is, I wonder if it would be like, here's the like clothing layer underneath, underneath, you can remove that and then wash that. And then the top layer, I don't know. Yeah, <sighs> there is, there is definitely a dry cleaning element here. I feel that, uh, is going to be prohibitive to use it as it's like probably a, unless, unless it gets very, 
advanced and the cost drops significantly. I can't see this being a consumer product anytime in the future or if ever because yeah. of the cost it's and the practicality. Like, yeah, it'll be like VR basically where you're like, oh, it's yeah. only $2,500 for Apple's headset. Aren't you guys going to buy one and wear it around? And it's like, well, no. did you see the Quest 3 has like come out and it's got pretty great reviews and it's yeah. doing a lot of the things that the Apple product w- is mm-hmm. claiming to be able to do. It's like, oh, they're just doing it but now and it doesn't cost $1,500? Yeah, no, the Quest 3 meta quest 3 whatever it's called uh i haven't used it yet but i do have a quest pro which is very similar from what i hear to the quest 3 um and i'm really impressed with the functionality like you you get the little hand controllers but it also Mm -hmm. has cameras and it senses your hands so if you don't have your controllers up you can just be like oh uh boop boop let me hit those menu things let me activate some stuff with my hands because it's just tracking my hands yep and that's a freaking awesome feature and uh the cameras show you the world around you so you don't bump into stuff or whatever how's the frame rate when you're doing that um the outside camera frame rate you mean yeah not that great like it's that's why i think augmented reality is ultimately the way to go if you want to see the world around you it better just be to see the world around you and does it make you nauseous when you're trying to like walk in a world that you're it's a lower frame rate so here's the craziest thing about Oh, yeah, well, I you don't really walk around as much with the cameras. Um, so, because the reason I mentioned this is that yeah. they, showed a, uh, they showed a video of this guy basically walking through his house with, like, dip, oh. like, putting a video on his wall, and then he took the video off, and then he, you know, walking around and doing it, and, and then putting oh, on see. another wall and walking outside with his yeah. c- cup of coffee, and I'm like, wow, that looks really impressive, but also the frame rate looks a little low, so okay. is that just the video, or... I can't comment commentate on the Quest 3, uh, but I can say the Quest Pro, the video resolution is really low, so mm. it's not really a pleasurable experience to walk around. It's very functional in that if somebody, if I see somebody, I can like wave to them and have a conversation with them and walk past them and not bump into them and all that kind of stuff. So it serves its purpose on that front, but I would never want to just walk around my average your daily life and be like isn't it great having crap pop up on my screen it's like no because you're seeing everything in low frame rate low resolution i do think that's going to be the future though for a lot of stuff i mean it maybe not in that capacity but if they can you know we have like digital eyeballs or they have like a you know the the visor from uh star trek you know what i'm talking about what's what's his name yeah, i can't Jordy. remember Jordy's yeah. little uh, visor thingy. Yeah, yeah something like that where it's it's compact, it's comfortable, and you just wear it like glasses, maybe a little bit bigger than glasses, or if they can get it down to that, then that'd well, that be is what they're trying to do. more incredible. Uh, well, and they Meta, were doing it with Google Glass. Well, Meta that? just talked about their new glasses, I think, a couple weeks ago. Oh, um, did they? Yeah, and they they teamed up with Ray-Ban, you know, to, and they have like a little camera in the glass, and I think it projects some stuff on there, and they're trying to integrate the same technology that they're developing for the meta so it can potentially track your hands or track signals and stuff and you can operate it completely controller free and stuff so that i think is the future and i just think the tech to get there is really expensive and complicated so they're trying to basically make products like the the vr headsets to get there where they're like okay like we need to sell a bunch of headsets so that we can continue developing this awesome tech for augmented reality which i think is the future if it gets to that point, we won't need monitors anymore. We wouldn't, you wouldn't even need TVs anymore, really. If, if, if it was good enough, you could just have 
it all, you just put on your glasses, put on whatever it is, and then you just walk around and it's like, oh yeah, that's my TV over there. And it's high mm -hmm. definition. You know, I can make it big or small as I want. In theory, in theory, but they would really have to get the pixel density to like an insane place. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we're, we're at least 10 years out. From, oh yeah. Oh, I'm talking far in the future. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I, like TV tech is also progressing really fast and really amazingly where the colors and the, the brightness coming out of it, you know, or, or, well, it just started raining like crazy outside, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, the downpour well, it's always, startled It's me. always raining where we are, if you look in the background. Yeah, well, it's just the downpour started immediately, and I was like, oh, what's <laughs> happening? Oh, okay, it's just, yeah. There I was mean, a, yeah. there was a, a, a mili there was an, a military, um, not test, something nearby a couple years ago, and a helicopter flew over, and it was so loud, the room started to shake, and I was like, am I being attacked? Like, what is going on? So, yeah, yeah. I sympathize. I, can I? Isn't that is insane? That, that is wild. I'm literally hearing it now. It's like a cloud. I thought somebody was outside um, spraying my window directly behind me with a hose right now. Wow. I think, like, it just... We must have hit a cloudburst or something, but that is Maybe. wild. I could hear it for, for a second there. That's crazy. Yeah. I uh, When I lived in San Diego, where I was right next to the Air Force Base, so they flew those Ospreys overhead all the time, and they would do them in fleets. And the Ospreys are like those airplane helicopters. They are mm -hmm. so loud. Mm -hmm. uh, it is deafening, and everything would just shake and be like, oh, my God, you know. But, they legitimately scared me when they, when they flew over because I, I just didn't know what was happening. You know, I was like, is the president, has the president landed? Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty nuts. So uh, what games have you been playing this week, man? Lords of the Fallen has been the big one. Lord, I, uh, Lords of the I Fallen. I didn't play it, but I saw the videos. It looks quite cool. It's, how do I describe it? So it's, it's, it's dark, it's, they're trying to clone Dark Souls. Uh -huh. And they're not trying to do anything different than Dark Souls. There's a couple of things here and there, but it's like, hey, Dark Souls is great. We're going to try that. And so it's it's a sequel to Lords of the Fallen, the game that flopped horrifically like half a, or a decade ago. It's been a long time. Oh, and so there's another Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, it's literally called Lords of the Fallen. They didn't even change the name. It's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Not confusing. Uh, yeah, not confusing at all. But it didn't do very well, and so I guess they just wanted a clean slate. So like, we're gonna just call it the same thing. I think this is their first game the devs have made. It's not the same devs as before. I'd have to look into it. But mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's as a Souls fan, we're eating really good right now with Remnant Two, which is technically not really the same because it was you know weapons and stuff like that, long range. Um. And then Lies of P was also fantastic. So there's been a lot of variety. But what it does well is crazy amounts of exploration. Like the amount of detail they put into these maps while confusing really just fleshes it out and makes it feel um, much more organic than something like Lies of P. Like you'll, you'll start in this like the top of the mountain, then you will slowly make your way down into like the depths of Mordor. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy. So that's um, really cool. Yeah. I like games the, that give you 
that level of exploration like a Zelda game where you're like, whoa, I can just go anywhere and there's like a yeah. story everywhere I go. You'll you'll just stumble ac across a new path. You're like, where where does this go? And all of a sudden it just opens up and you're like, what? I'm now in a completely, it just be like a new zone has unlocked. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought this was a side, just a side route. Yeah, the exploration is really great. The combat is fun. I think they did a really good job with the diversity. There's tons of weapons and different builds, kind of like Dark Souls. Not as tight. Uh, there's, it's a bit floaty. I think Liza P probably does their combat a little bit tighter. But it's also not the hardest game. I've also kind of, for me personally, mm -hmm. I have been watching other streamers, and maybe I'm just a gamer, level cap. I could just be a gamer. But I go into a boss with like zero heals because I didn't realize it was a boss, and I, I win. I'm like, dang. Either Dang I'm overleveled or I just know these kinds of games now. Are you playing on hard or? There is no difficulty. No. Okay. But then when I watch other streamers, they're really struggling with a lot of this content. So maybe I'm just getting lucky or well, maybe you, I'm just. You really like your Dark Souls games, man. That's true. And so that they is kinda, true. They set the bar high with some of those games yeah. that are like crazy hard. Like I won't touch them because I'm like, why would I do that to myself? Uh, I'd like to yeah. have fun and. Have smiles and stuff. <laughs> I but, like to smile. I like to smile. Why would I play this game? I mean, I found the Jedi Fallen Order games to be enough for me. I was like, no thanks. Like, I mean, I beat them, but I just there was a couple boss fights where it was like the seventh time around. And I'm like, that's too many. I don't want to play the boss seven times, you know. And I know right. that. And in these games, Ring that's is normal. Like, play it like 30 times they're like what sometimes you yeah. haven't even played it 30 times yet well you clearly don't know all the attack patterns you know and you're like okay and you, and you don't i think maybe one of the reasons why i'm doing well is that i just finished lies of p and those bosses are in my opinion significantly harder yeah compared to this and and it comes down to the the way they attack in that game. So a lot of times you'll know the attack is coming and then it will be lightning fast once once it builds up. So you kind of have to build a, a rhythm to it because you can't just react to what yeah. their phys the physical animation is doing because you'll be too slow. In yeah. this game, you see the sword and then there's actual weight to it and then it swings and then you it's it's for me it's just like oh it's that's when you dodge like obviously that's when you dodge and so it, I find it to be more organic. Mm -hmm. Now, I personally like that, but I think they may have made it a little bit too easy, kind of maybe mix it up a little bit more with some attacks coming a little bit faster. Maybe I'll try it. It sounds perfect, Matt. Sounds perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I've I've enjoyed it. Some cool bosses, cinematic bosses. I think I'm getting nearer to the end. Um, I plan on doing another big stream and hopefully finishing it off. So, but yeah, I give it a solid. I enjoy it so far out of it, 10. Is that what you're playing tonight? Probably, yeah. I think I'm going to cool. finish it up. Yeah. Are you uh, going to play the new um, Forza game? I have been playing it, yes. I've been playing it on stream and off stream. It. I've never played a Simcade, my mm -hmm. first like sim game. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, really, it's addicting. It's fun. You wouldn't think it'd be that exciting to try and turn around corners in a car but <laughs> but it is right but it is it's yeah because it's all about and skill it's all about keeping the momentum keeping your speed but also slowing Knowing down when so to that, break right that's yep. the hardest part is like 
basically knowing exactly when to break, how much pressure to apply. So you don't for how think. yeah for how much how long yeah. and then w- when to shift when to downshift mm-hmm. all, all, everything when can you pass? That's the one thing I really struggle with is how to pass because it's hard. It's it's hard. You're like, well, this guy's got the line that I want, and yeah. if I take the you know a fir- uh, the line on the outside. I'm not going to be as fast. And so he's just going to go ahead of me anyway. So yeah. yeah, So you have to, yeah, you have to position yourself where you can take the turn faster, but you will be slower into the next turn. So you have to block them in the next turn basically, and then keep your position. So it's like, yeah, I I watched like, I watched the pros in F1 do it. And like when they do it, well, you're like, damn, that was cool. You know, you're like, you can really appreciate it when they like, throw off the other driver too, who's trying to drive defensively and stop them from going around. So they're like, Oh, I'm going that way. Just kidding. Going that way. Boom. They're like, they get the turn on them. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Like, and those guys die if they crash going like yep. 200 miles an hour. So you're and just like, for me, I'm just like slamming into stuff. <laughs> now there are penalties in this game, which in the more arcade ones, there's, there's no penalty for slamming into a wall or another player. So it's something you have to look out for. Gotcha. But it's gotcha. it's good. I, I, I really like it. I don't really have a baseline because I've never played another Sim style game. Mm-hmm. And I know people are criticizing. And that is one, now that I think about it, I don't like the grind. I feel, and this is getting really frustrating, is if you have like the deluxe edition, you get money faster. Like everything is faster in terms of you unlocking stuff. Okay. Uh, I don't know about actually leveling up your cars, but you have to level up the cars too to get the better um not attachments but the better the better gear you know the better the so it's it's very very grindy and i put a decent amount of time into it and i and i could buy a couple nice cool cars but i go look over at some friends who like two angry gamers i watch them and they i think have the deluxe edition or at least i'm assuming they do and they've got like millions of credits lying around like what <laughs> yeah, huh? Interesting. They really want you to buy that deluxe edition. Basically. Yeah, and I think it's because it's on Game Pass, right? So they know that probably a huge majority well, did you spend of money on it, or did you mm-hmm. just Game Pass it? I just Game Passed it. Okay. Well, yeah. like, why? So they, why they not? They really want you to spend that money, right. then. Yeah. But it's kind of lame because, like, isn't it the whole point? But if you don't get it on Game Pass and you buy it on Steam, just the normal edition, now you're someone who just sort of feels like you're getting a yeah. a different experience. Yeah, that's a problem for sure. Yeah. Mm. And I've been noticing this, uh, you know, from time to time where it's like games are now just like the the $70 is just like an entry fee. And if you really want to enjoy the product, you might have to spend more. I think I think what's happening right now in the industry is the world is going through inflation, right? Like you go to the grocery store and stuff costs twice as much as it did like last year. It's pretty crazy. It's but wild. game prices, I remember buying a Nintendo 64 game that cost $70, you know, yeah. like game prices have not gone. And most of them were 50 or 60, but some of them were just crazy because they're just like, screw you. We're going to charge you 70 and we're, you're we're charging. It. Yeah. And I did buy it. You know, I wanted to play. It was the Star Wars game on N64 where you could battle mm-hmm. over Hoth. Um, and those prices haven't really gone up much like over the years in no. fact i think they've gone down they in went a down lot of ways because yeah. the competition is so crazy because you can anybody anywhere in the world can now be a game developer and they are every country has their own studios multiple studios indie studios big studios so the competition's crazy and the work is going everywhere so the labor can be cheaper depending on where you are 
and I honestly think the game prices, you know, uh, need to be updated. I think they just need to be more expensive, more in line with inflation. And I don't like saying that because obviously I want to play more games and I want more people to be able to play more games. But back when I was a kid and 50 bucks was a huge amount of money to me or 60 bucks, you'd get, you do a couple games a year type thing, you know, that you paid full price for. And then you'd like maybe bargain bin a couple of games or something like that throughout the year. But that was like, that was what you played and you just kind of committed yourself to it. And maybe we're in an era where things are just too easy to, it's just too easy to jump from one game to another, too inexpensive, too quick. And that's why you get these big franchises that are just like, here's our mega game. And then people are like, that was cool. Peace. I'm playing the next giant thing because it's on Game Pass or whatever. I don't know, man. So a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from because you're right. Games haven't really increased in price. They only happened recently. And only now that they've hit $70 are they like, oh, well, you want to play early? Well, that's going to be another $30, you know, $90, $100 total. Yeah. So a couple of things about the, the, the game prices. I, I kind of disagree for one. Um, we, we keep hearing that games are expensive, but we also keep hearing that games are making more than ever before. And they're like, it's like the biggest industry in entertainment. They're making unbelievable amounts of money. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, which, well, what is it? Are you, are you having a hard time or are you making absolute bank? So that's one thing. Um, the other is, well, yeah, in, so corporate greed, the reason why inflation is increasing is because they're like, oh, we can just charge for more. Like, I think what there was a stat, I don't know, I haven't verified 60% of inflation is just because corporate, corporate greed. And so if they increase the price of games that just contributes to the rise of inflation, right? It just causes more, adds more to the problem. And then on top of that, while yes, inflation has gone up, uh, your average, salary at least in the united states hasn't actually kept yeah. up with inflation and so yeah things have got more expensive but the 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 actual dollar amount that people are getting each year hasn't really risen to to yeah. compensate and so Very they don't have the buying stupidly power in my brain i'm thinking well if they sold a game for a hundred dollars that would mean that they would pay the developers more and it's like oh right. yeah no 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 bobby no. Kotick gets to buy a new yacht yes uh, so yeah, I don't. I think, and of course, it's not a universal rule. I think certain games should be cheap, certain games should be expensive. But they keep. I think what they're doing, and I, I brought it up because you're talking about them kind of trying to offer all these different tiers of games now, which drives me crazy. It's just like, yeah, it'd be nice if everybody just had the same game and we all were playing with the same access to progression as everybody else. But they're so afraid of officially increasing the prices that they're like, no, don't worry, the game's still $60. But if you want good stuff and you, you want actually the, want to play the, the real cool game, features, you, it's yeah. going to cost you 90 It's going to cost you 100 120 for the deluxe edition of whatever. And so I think they just are kind of dancing around that whole idea right there, which is Well, they like, want to make more money, always. Yeah, or, I mean, like... I don't want it to be only greed, the angle to be only greed, because obviously a lot of studios are making a ton of money, but at the same time, some studios are going under and firing yeah. all of their devs and all that, because yeah. it is insanely expensive to develop a really high-end game it with is. no guarantee of return. So it's a, it's a tough subject, but I don't You see like, what I mean, though, right? 
I <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think I, what I'm getting at is I don't like the different tiers and all the diff and different players having different access to progression. Like I would hate it if we started playing a game together and because you had deluxe you had like four more cars than me and you're like oh man isn't the f1 super fast and i'm like oh, like, I, I, want, I can't even fast. buy it yet yeah. yeah like that sucks you know so yeah. um agreed yeah and uh games are just that's how they get money out of you is they give you the like well you can be better you can get the better thing if you pay a little bit more speaking of paying money in video games matt you know a subject i'm getting into now one of my favorite <laughs> Star Citizen, baby. <laughs> they um, I can't remember what I talked about last week, but Star Citizen released a ship that yep. has only been previously has only been attainable via spending ten thousand dollars in the game. Did yep. I mention this last week? I think I did. I can't remember if you mentioned it or if I just watched your video. Okay, so previously only attainable via 10k and when i say attainable you got the rights to the ship but the ship was not yet in the game so right people call it J jpeg ship so you get a very expensive right. jpeg ship yeah uh, <laughs> i got i have a picture of a ship that i own isn't that cool it only cost me ten thousand dollars um so the ship finally came out in the game yeah we did talk about this last week and i mentioned that it was sort of leading up to the launch of potentially squadron 42 or something um but so the game, the ship is now in the game. They have released it, but they also did a thing where if you're in game for 10 days from when it launched, so I think it goes till the 20th or the 21st, you can collect these little cards, these little golden cards or a platinum card if you steal one off of a dev, which is really hard to do. Um, you can then turn that into a kiosk and now you win the right to buy the ship for $260. Only 260. I have the right. You have, you, my sir, have earned the privilege to God, buy a, our ship for $260. What, what a ridiculous game. $260 for a ship. Which on its own is insane, but when you combine it with the whole, I spent 10 grand in the game and now people are getting it for $260. Yeah, I could, I could see the people that spent that much being a little annoyed yeah. by it. But at the same time, like, Eventually, when the game comes out, that's the promise is that people would have been able to get it for free completely. Yes. You should be able to get this game or you should be able to get the ship eventually for free, right? Yes. Yes. That yeah. is that is the most actually most stuff in the game right now works where if you just buy your $45 entry, entry. level package, you can earn like a gigantic mega spaceship in the game. Right. If you just keep As you should, because it's a yeah. game. I think the F8C is going to be the F8C will be attainable in a similar way where you'll have to buy the single player and then beat the single player and then you will get the right to buy it in game. That's fine. And yeah, I'm fine with that too. But um yeah, this is just for like a lot of the people who buy them with cash gets this mysterious lifetime insurance thing, which we don't really know what that is. You know what's exactly so bonkers means. is that it's the game has anchored me to now be like, oh, two hundred sixty dollars. That's not that bad. Yeah. But that's only because there's like ships that are like five hundred dollars, a thousand. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is stupid. Yeah, like I'm we really think about it. Jason's in chat. He could tell us, but I think the javelin is like, I think it's over two thousand dollars. That for... is unbelievably <laughs> dumb. That is so stupid. And he owns two, man. Jason, what are you doing? <laughs> 
and they're not even out yet. <laughs> what are you doing? $2,700. There we go. Thank you, Jason. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... I, it sucks because um, I'm a huge fan of the game and I'm a huge fan of the vision for the game and it's embarrassing talking about the monetization model because I'm like, yo, 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 $2,700 for a ship. It's ridiculous. There's no yeah. other way of describing it. It is absurd. Yeah. And they've that, gotten away with it. That, I mean, look, in their defense, nope. you don't have to buy any of these ships you can play the game for 45 bucks and some of the starter ships are actually my favorite. I think they offer just some of the more fun, accessible gameplay. And then from there you can just make money and buy the next ship that you want. So, but of course they're trying to get you to buy the expensive stuff. And of course, lots of people do. Well, it's, it reminds me of when apex. So apex legends, when it first came out, they, a big complaint was that a lot of the stuff in the shop was expensive too expensive for your like average person. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, well, we would lower the price, but we don't actually notice an increase in the amount of people buying. Yeah. So we're just going to keep it at the higher price. It's like, so you're basically admitting you're going after the whales and you know that that's the only reason why it's so high is like, they obviously a company's always going to want to maximize profit, right? Yeah. So they've admitted that we're okay with lowering the price because... You know, that's just, we're okay with it, but we won't because we won't make as much money. Yeah, but I mean, that's every company and product that's ever existed, if you think right, about it. Right, but at the same it's, time, it it just rubs me the wrong way because it, it feels like it just hurt. Like, they know that this is going to be more expensive for their whales, and they just know that it's they're going to still pay for it anyways, if yeah. that makes any sense to you. No, totally. It feels inaccessible to the average gamer right where you're right. like i'd like to partake in that but they're saying that even if we lowered the price you wouldn't because it's still not a great deal for you so we're so gonna keep it high we're just gonna keep it extra high and that is yeah. kind of star and citizen that, is largely funded by whales right part. like right. Uh, jason who has two javelins that each costs two thousand seven hundred dollars. Why two? I don't know, really. Like he explained it to me once, but um, it's crazy. He also wants this... me to bring up the platinum ticket. So with the the new ship that's in the game that was ten k that you could buy for two hundred and sixty, you uh -huh. find a golden ticket, you get the right to buy it for two sixty. If you kill a dev, they will drop a platinum ticket. And then if you take that platinum ticket from them, your location is pinged to everybody on the server and they will now try and kill you before you return that ticket to a, a buy station, which will then give you the ship for free. So you can earn the ship for free, but it is legendarily difficult. And so like massive teams of people are grouping up together to like I'm trying to go take to out them. the devs. Yeah. And of course it's going insane because one, there's tons of bugs in the game. So sometimes people will get the ticket to the console and the server just will just work. be dying oh. and it won't work. Oh. Uh, the other thing is that, and I saw this coming a mile away along with everybody else who's ever played the game. Uh, pad ramming is a big problem in the game. So basically when you go into a major city area, you go into an armistice zone and you can't fire your ship's weapons. So now you're safe, right? Wrong. So you just slam. Yeah. Okay. You request landing. The hangar doors uh -huh. open. You go in for landing. Everybody sees you marked with the ticket. You f Somebody flies a ship in there, rams, whoever survives or whatever happens at the end of that. Like 
there's a dead body in the ground, somebody can run in there and pick up your platinum ticket, right? So ah. there's a lot of ways to very cheese. Like they imagined you going out there and having a cool space firefight and the best pilot would win and win the ship. And it's like, no, it's going to be the most organized cheese players out there. So of course there's a lot of cheesy gameplay behind That's it. That's too bad. It is too bad. Um, CIG should have seen it coming, but uh, it is what it is. Most most events in the game break in some weird way or something, you know? It's that star citizen flair. Yep. But this, uh, this weekend, man, if I can um, promote my own channel for a second, I will be streaming CitizenCon live. Let's both, go! Both Saturday and Sunday. This is like my Christmas for the year. This is like the biggest event for me. Um, quite excited about that because I hope good news comes from it. Me too. I think there will be. I think it's gonna. I think there's gonna be some pretty big ticket items in there. Potentially a release date for Squadron Forty Two, which would be that'd huge. be massive. Yeah. They need it. They need it. They do. Um, so that's your Star Citizen news update for the week, Matt. Did you hear that Redfall got a peg, a big patch? Yeah, so what's the deal with Redfall? Like, apparently the game is terrible. And terrible. It's deemed, terrible. Deemed terrible. unfixable. Level cap. It was so bad. <laughs> so I didn't play it, but I just read a couple articles that was like, it's so bad. And people are basically saying there's no way they can even patch no, it's, it's unfixed. Yeah, you, you, you okay. have to change everything about it. So the game, well, I'm not going to get into the, the nitty gritty details, play but I did play it. I played it for two nights because mm -hmm. it was a meme and bad frame rate, <laughs> like every, everything you can think of, bad frame rate, bad AI. You'd have like AI that would literally just be standing around while you walk up to them, you shoot at them and they still don't, don't even react. Like it was, it was a terrible game. Like it just was not ready for release. It would, it would never be ready for release because the core fundamentals of the game just aren't really all that exciting um like it, it did not have the arcane polish or really just what made arcane games fun at all um it was a mess yeah so they've patched it it went from three concurrent players on steam all the way up to 50 so <laughs> when, <laughs> when did you play this game when it originally came out when was that uh uh, let me uh, Redfall release date May second, twenty twenty three. This year, yeah. So not that long ago. Is the patch substantial or is it, it was big, big for the game? But it's yeah. not worth. I'm, I'm sure it's not worth playing still. It's because, um, as I said, the core the core gameplay loop is just not enough. Yeah, and you gotta wonder like, what do the devs do in that situation? Because you're like. There's nothing, you, it's done, but then yeah. there's still people working on a patch because are they legally obligated to try and hit some benchmark? <laughs> like, who knows? Are they going to save some face by trying to patch it and then people will buy their next game? There's there's a couple games out there right now that I, I know the devs on, but the games have completely tanked. Like, they're not, like, they had their launch and then they just died off and now nobody's playing them. You know, and they're multiplayer games, so that's a big problem. You can't. That, it's super you, hard to revive a multiplayer game, right? Almost impossible. And they're, like, working on all these content patches and ideas, and I'm just like, mm. yep. I wish you luck. Good luck, but, I mean, if I had to bet, I would bet against you because, I mean, yeah, sinking four, five, six months into content and 
updates than just knowing it's going to fall on people who aren't going to play it is first impressions are so important it's yeah I, I i wish i mean there's been stories rainbow six siege is a great example where they can have a rough launch and years later down the line they can have a huge resurgence you know like everyone yeah get it it's it but it can happen. Siege never turned into nobody playing it. It just went down to like True. less people playing it. True. Less than it deserved at launch. Yeah. yeah. Just like um, with Battlefield 2042. It never went down to 33 players concurrent or whatever. Because three, three, yeah. it was Grant, three. I guess it did go Red down Fall. to 900. You said it did go down to 900. It did go down. It was, it was bad at one point. It was, it was basically on death's door. Yeah. So it e did, it yeah. did come back. Yeah, but, but EA has enough kind of um, press coverage and stuff that whenever they make they've a got big enough update, weight behind them. Yeah, people will come back and check it out. But I wish a lot of people bought it, so they're just sitting there with a crappy game that they can't play. So anytime a big update comes out, they'll they'll come back and check it out and be like, "Is it good now?" You know. And going back to your point where people are bouncing between games so much, I think that is a thing, and also that means that when a game releases in a poor state people will have that first impression of it being terrible and then they just will never they won't give it a second chance because there's so many yeah. other games coming out to play like why would i bother with that game i didn't really enjoy yeah it might be significantly better but i've kind of been there done that by now and i'm gonna spend my time with a game that will hopefully not be terrible at launch mm -hmm. yeah the first the first impressions on 2042 were brutal and they they fixed like some of the biggest, most egregious problems with the game within the first couple of weeks in terms of like just really bad netcode stuff for like UI things not working at all. Uh, but all the the reviews and opinions kind of incorporated the the launch week, right? So anybody yeah. reading it was just like, oh, like this game is a dumpster fire, you know. Even though they kind of incrementally made it better and it wasn't quite as bad as the initial impression within like a month, you know, like things were much more stable, but it was still like damage was done at that point, you know. Yep. <sighs> you uh watching any good movies? Good good books? Haven't no, nothing really. I've just been playing a lot of I doing long streams with uh Lords of the Fallen, so nothing nothing too wild. You yourself, you see anything good? Uh, I finished up the Beckham documentary, top tier, mm. really good. That's I good. feel like I missed a giant chunk of history, man. Uh, but <laughs> I caught up on it. You know, they were just yeah. Americans, clueless to what was going on in the world of soccer before oh, the internet. Totally. you know, or like pre, yeah. But 100%. Uh, super good documentary. I think it's enjoyable, even if you have no interest in soccer, because you're just following one of the world's greatest athletes on a crazy life story. Um, four episodes and each one's pretty long. It's like an hour plus per episode. So it's, it's not bad investment though. Yeah. Yeah. Good documentary. I recommend it. Um, I watched a movie called bottoms, which had really good reviews from both users and critics. And it made me feel old, Matt. It's a, um, really, yeah, I kind of, it's sort of like a Mean Girls type movie. And I liked Mean Girls. You know, it's fun. Like 20 it's, years ago. Yeah, yeah, 20 years ago. But I, I could go back and watch Mean Girls uh, and enjoy it. I think the humor Probably, is still yeah, pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, 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 I can see it. Um, but yeah, this one was very uh, kind of outlandish. Uh, the humor is sort of absurdist to the point where it was so wild from the start that I was having a hard time getting on board with it. But It's called Bottoms? Yeah, the premise is... Um, 
two lesbians in high school are trying to get laid before college. It's so they, got really good reviews. Yeah. So they start a fight club to, <laughs> what? to like impress the cheerleaders so they can hook up with the cheerleaders or something. Uh, okay. The okay. premise is so insane, but the thing is, is the movie is... I mean, that's what a, I did in high school, so... That was... I know. Yeah. Everybody started the fight club to hook up with the cheerleaders. Um, yeah. It's basically like every trope about high school, but taken to this like absurd level. Uh, so the characters are almost not real. They're just caricatures of stereotypes. And it's it's so weird. I was trying to get on board with it, but I feel like the comedy writing just didn't quite hit it all the way. Or I'm just too old. You could just be too old. You could yeah. just not be the target demographic, you know? That's yeah. something that's one thing I've realized is like, oh, that's not really for me. That's fine. I don't have to care. Great. Yeah. yeah, I might be getting to that age where like some of the absurdist ridiculous humor is just like not hitting it for me anymore. But you know. There that. was a post there was a post online and it was someone asking, like, why is Taylor Swift so big? I don't get it. It's like, well, because you're you're not the target, and that's okay. Like, welcome to getting old. Like Congratulations, yeah. you've achieved boomer status. Not everything <laughs> you're things that are popular are going to start to realize aren't for you anymore. See, now that makes me feel better because I do like Taylor Swift. I know? do as well. I think I, yeah. I like some of her. I'm not, you know, I'm not like a T Swift fan. Like I'm going yeah. to concerts or anything, but she's got some good music. She seems like a, a lovely lady. You know, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I her her music's very poppy it's fun it's not like yeah. i'm relating to her breakup songs or something and be like i hate it when guys are like that but <laughs> as far as pop culture goes man i'm, I'm right there i'm, I'm with t-swift man t-swift yeah. fan not yeah. as much Katy perry but you know every now and then she'll drop one that's all right dude if you started listing pop artists i would probably struggle to even know who they even are like there are like I know I know some, but I am so out of the realm of like pop music. Are you? Uh, have you heard any of Jelly Roll's latest song? Shot. That's not a. That's not a person. It is. Jelly Rolls. Yeah. Jelly. Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's like. Uh, I don't. Man, now I'm gonna sound old because I the genres are hard. It's like country rock kind of, but. Um. Yeah, he's huge. Oh, right he now. is a person. He's very big right now. He's also big, but uh <laughs> Oh, his name is actually Jason Bradley DeFord. Okay, so it's his it's his stage name. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like post Malone, you know, like I don't True. think his mom named him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jelly Roll? Like I all right, all right, it's fine. Yeah. No, I've never heard of him though. Yeah. I'm not super up on pop music. I just like I'm listen. Not at I all. listen to the radio in the morning in the car and then whatever's on, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. I, I was talking to a younger uh, friend of mine and he just started listening off like all these like little like uh, little John. You know, I know little John, yeah. little Wayne, but then it's just they, they start many... to keep going. I'm like, who's are all these little people? And like then what? they become Lil, you know, where you're like yeah. little somebody and you're like, uh -huh. can we stop? Just be somebody else. Come up with yeah. a different thing. Come up with a difference. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's why? Too many why? Lils. Now we're, yeah. we're going into Lil's now, and it's, it's too much. It's too much. We're old, Matt. I've, I've accepted it. Yes. Yeah. Shall we uh, wrap up the pod there on our aging gamer stuff, or is there another this thing sounds, you want to chat? Uh, no, I think, that's, I think that's good. All right, a good, man. A good week. 
Indeed, sir. Indeed. I'm excited to talk about how CitizenCon went next week. Um, any any streams you want to promote? Any? No. No. I just, you know, live stream every day. You know the drill. Every day playing games. Spider-Man 2 is coming out. That's exciting. Uh, then City Skylines is going to be releasing. Oh. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they're saying that they're not hitting their benchmarks for optimizations. Oh, uh, no. That's coming out on the 24th, right? Yeah, I think so. Is huh? there an early access or 24th for everyone? I haven't looked into it. Okay. I should. I'll check it out. I'm quite excited about that one, too. I have Me it on the too. calendar, and I'm like, ooh, yes, we're yeah. going to make train tracks and watch the trains go around Woo! the city. So <laughs> excited for that. <laughs> ah. Well, cool, man. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching and coming and hanging out. Um, the podcast has been showing some some growth. I'm happy with it. It's fun to see the comments and uh, legacy people hopping on there. I just got a tweet from Neebs Gaming. They want to come on, man, so we can get Neebs oh, on here. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm not sure if we should get all of them on or Probably not all of them. <laughs> I feel like that I would mean, be we too could. insane. That would be pretty wild, though, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that could be a fun guest down the road. And uh, if you want to support our podcast, check us out on Patreon. It helps us out. Otherwise, just hit that sub button, hit the notification button to beat that YouTube algorithm. And uh, yeah, Matt, closing words? Uh, live long and prosper. Ooh, I like it. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.